I am unashamed. What about you? So I'm having to uh, <laughs> I'm having to double my black rifle coffee this morning. I've never been more grateful for murdered out coffee than this morning. So I get home, Jace. Last night we're we're traveling yep. we're traveling in from Tennessee. I've uh, been speaking up there. I decided that I was so sick of the because normally we fly where we're going, and but we were in Gulf Shores, and I just the mask and the airplane and none of the restaurants are open hardly, and the long lines to get a bite to eat. It's just what I don't know. I I think it's because there's not enough workers. Oh, for yeah. the yeah, yeah for the restaurant. So what I'm saying is flying, which I used to. I never loved flying, but at least it was you know it was tolerable. But commercial flying is just miserable. So I told Lisa, I was like, we're driving, and so I was like, it can't be any worse than being in a car. I can Good stop for when you. I want. See, I like the drive. Like we're going on vacation here coming up. I like the drive. Well, I'm, I, I'm like I've grown to like it more. It's the journey. I'm a journey. Guy, but you know? I mean, we were coming up 65. The traffic was horrible. I mean, it took an extra hour and a half. Now I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't so bad. But anyway, so I get home last night at 9:30. I'm tired. We've been driving eight, eight hours to get home from Tennessee, and so about 11:30, I get a text from Phyllis, and she said, um, "I'm headed to the hospital with." Yep. Miss K and dad. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what's happened now? And so, so then, so I then knew, I called, I knew, I knew it was worse than I thought, which, you know, when, when you text me at about midnight, <laughs> cause I wasn't sure if we were going to be doing Missy, the podcast today. Cause, and you know, Missy got the text. She come out there cause she, you know, she'd been asleep for hours. <laughs> what's up with Phyllis? She's trying to tell me, I was like, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, why did he text you? I said, cause he knew I'd be up. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, before we share what happened, there was two things that popped into my head. Cause I know my dad. Well, I thought if my dad drove my mom to the hospital, this is bad. Cause he's, this is the same guy <laughs> who, if you if you don't have a body part detached <laughs> or you're not bleeding profusely, Sucking he's up. like, oh, you be right. who's a man? Uh, yeah, it's, it's no we were raised in the who's a he man doesn't, era. He doesn't use deadening. You know, he's had root canals. Oh yeah, I saw oh, he's him, had things cut out of his back. Before. I saw him get a one inch to two inch metal rod removed from his eye mm. without any deadening. <laughs> so I, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know how you make this up, what we're fixed to say on why. And, and she's doing, I mean, okay, I guess. Yeah, but, she's, she's it's a lot not better life threatening. Right. So, but, Dad, tell us, tell, tell us how this happened to you last night. Well, I mean, how, how does this happen? Because a lot of people some, say you can't make this yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Someone would have had to have told me the story for me to believe it. So, I'm, I'm lying in bed, I'm sound asleep. She's a night person. She goes to bed about 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Right. I usually hit about 9, 30, or 10. Yep. So I'm in there. I'm sound asleep. I felt this shaking. I looked up. She's standing there beside the bed, and her left hand is a cloth on her mouth like that. And I looked up at her. I thought, I said, what you got? She said, I think you might have to carry me to the doctor. And I said, for what? <laughs> and she said, I said, I said, 
move that rag a minute. She takes the rag off her face, and I'm looking at her top lip was split in two about a quarter of an inch. Well, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, that's a big cut. Yep. It's on the top left, and I, and I just went on down. I saw her lip, and her bottom lip over on the right side, there was just a chunk gone. Yeah. So bleeding profusely is is, is an understatement. understatement. Yeah. And so, it was a substantial chunk. I mean. Oh, yeah. So I said, how in the world, what happened? What'd you do? And she said, I was going to kiss Bobo goodnight. When I got up at my chair, he's about four or five feet lying on the couch. She said, I thought he was awake, just relaxing. She said, so I went over and I just bent down to wish him a good sleep. <laughs> and I'm sitting there listening to this story. said, but when I woke him up, he just come at me. You know, I, I, she said, I just suddenly woke him up. He yeah. just, Arr! and he just. Bitter lips. Bitter, bitter lip right in the face. And I thought, you have got to be kidding. I said, woman, when I saw it, I said, <laughs> I said, hey, I said, I have to get you to the doctor for, on that yep. immediately. Yep. I said, let me get my britches on. So I pull up in front of uh, Tony and Phyllis. They live next door to us. Blew the horn three or four times. Tony comes to the door, <laughs> wild-eyed. And I said, hey, I said, Miss Kay got bit by Bobo, by a dog. And her dog. Her own Who dog. actually has a social media page. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. I, I'm thinking we need to have a post today from Bobo. I, I'm sorry I hurt you, Mom, or what? She said, you make sure you tell those boys. <laughs> she said, don't put him to sleep. She said, don't hurt that dog because it wasn't his fault. And I said, well, it was his fault, all right. But I said... The old saying, Miss Kay, let a sleeping dog lie. I said, you need to remember that. But I said, you're, she a, said I you're a one it. woman. We're going to we're gonna wrap her in bubble wrap <laughs> all over from head to toe and turn her loose because the woman, she does, I haven't even heard of this. She does find ways well, to get hurt. we used to say she had a hypo, hypochondriac tendencies, <laughs> but now... It just stuff keeps happening. No, she's just like a she, yeah. She's just like an accident waiting to happen. That's where she is now. Which, uh, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, but she reappeared this morning about an hour ago. It's now uh, nine ten o'clock. Oh, in the so morning. she's back. I, yeah, she's, I brought her home. They 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 stitched it all up and pulled it together. She will. It looks a lot better. She will too. look a little similar to to uh, your daughter with the with the, the lip yeah. a little bit. It, it'll be well, a scar. Well, that's what she what, said, which yeah. was. Pretty amazing, really. She's yep. like, "Well, what was her?" She's so so. Phrase? She told me this morning, she and she told Dad the same thing. She said, uh, "Well, you know what? I, I've been thinking about trying to pull all the positives out of what happened, and one of the things is, is I'll really be able to relate to Mia now at a deeper level yep. because you know I'm going to share with her this. And I just thought, you know, only Mom could think. I mean, she loves Mia, but I'm saying only she could think of." you know, in the moment of still being sore. What impressed me was she never cried. She never said. She mentioned that to me. She, so you're she getting more not, like that. She was not like, what have I done? <laughs> None of that. She was just calm. She said. She said even they gave her like five shots, you know, to numb everything before they mm -hmm. stitched her up. And she said it was painful. She said, I was so surprised. I just didn't ever cry. 
I said, no. well, you must be getting more like dad, you know, where yeah. you just get a little bit tougher. I think if we had some cameras follow y'all around at this stage <laughs> of your life, it would. It's almost like we need a show. We need a show about our family yeah. because these crazy things keep happening. And I'm know. beginning to think that we we have we're 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 not right. I mean, we're. <laughs> Why does this stuff keep happening? There's a certain amount of pain that follows us everywhere we go. This yeah. is one of them. But all I can yeah. say is she's stitched up. She's doing great. She she's, is doing she's well. She's seated over at the house. Bobo was the first one to run out there, meet and greet. He's there with the other two That's dumbest it. dogs on the earth. But all three of them huddle around her. You know, they were glad to see her. I'm really surprised. I told Missy, I was like, I'm not sure Bobo's still with us. I mean, I just yeah. in the, in well, the we all immediately thought if of if it like, had been malicious, <laughs> just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chew you up, you know, and you're my master, but I'm gonna chew you up. If he'd have just done that, but after she told the story, she just reminded me. She said it wasn't his fault. Yeah, <laughs> he just I woke him up and I and he was he was startled. Because so, you've that. you've had moments in your life, yeah, in the past, you, it, you weren't awakened. Nicely, well, you know. Well, we call it, we used to call it a reckoning. You know, yeah. it was a reckoning, you know, when, when animals misbehave. But, you know, so we, we came in. So mom came to, Lisa went up there and kind of took over. Phyllis had to work today, so bless her heart. She stepped into the gap there to help out, you know, because she's the nurse now in the family. So mom and Lisa got in about 3.15 this morning to my house. And I woke up because I heard mom talking. So I went in there and checked on her and she was okay. And so she got a little bit of sleep. And then I brought her down here this morning. First thing she told dad, when she came in, she said, I just want you to know that Bobo met me at the truck and he apologized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said, he licked me on the foot and I knew what that meant. That yeah. meant he was sorry about what happened last yeah. night. <laughs> Welcome to the redneck world, ladies and gentlemen. I got these two little lap dogs now that they, we stay under my little lair. Now I'm going to have to watch that, you know, closely. I mean, just because they'll come up there and I'm like, they are dogs. Well, that's what I thought. You know, and I got that my Bobo, a couple of things. One thing is, I mean, that dog is, he's a killer. He's a killer. I mean, he'll kill snakes. He'll kill small vermin. He was probably having a dream. He may uh, have been. And then the other part is he's been snake bit so many times and he caught one in the eye. So he's got cataracts on his eyes. You know, true. you think about it. When you get woke up like that, he just probably saw a large. I yeah, told you know. I said, yeah, I, I said a, never, never get your face. Don't get in. Don't lead it with the face. Close to a dog when you wake him up. I said, you know, bump the couch or something, you know. And <laughs> I said, but don't stick your face down there a foot from him. The fact that we're having this conversation is really weird. <laughs> I know. The protocol for awakening your pets. Yep. Mom told me, she said, I guess I'm going to start wearing a mask again until I get this fixed. So, so yeah. she's going to go back to the mask. She said, but I'm going to leave my nose out. But she's, I know, mean, it looks, I guess, worse than, I mean, I was, I was, it was pretty graphic. When well, I saw the yeah, we sent a picture last night, but she, uh, I had to give the woman in there behind the, the window there. Yeah, what was that like? What was well, the, they, they the walked up ER experience. Up, and I'm just standing back and Lisa, and Miss Kay is standing there with a blood drenched piece of rag yep. mm -hmm. on her face. They're getting all the paperwork ready to go through the emergency process. Right. And the woman looks over at me and she says, Where's your mask? You know, it's a mask. 
You yeah. have to wear a mask. I said, this had nothing to do with coronavirus. <laughs> I've never had coronavirus. Miss <laughs> Kay's never had it. We've been vaccinated against you. I said, give me a break here. I said, the girl, she's been chewed up by a dog, and we're arguing about where's your mask. Yeah. I said, I didn't bring one with me. I've never owned one, never wore one. So she passed one through the window, and I put it in my back pocket. And I'm just... <laughs> Okay. I said, I'm going to go out there and sit in the truck. Uh, you know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say. I'm getting chewed out because they didn't have a mask on. Yeah. I never had coronavirus. I and don't have wa- it now. I don't have antibody. I mean, I, and I've been vaccinated. And your wife like, is standing there bleeding. My wife is bleeding profusely from being yeah. chewed up by a dog, and the woman is arguing with me. Where's your mask? I, I said. I thought you were going. Well, I didn't. I didn't bring one with me. I uh, thought you were going to say that she she looked at Phil. She's holding her mouth and said. Oh, I'm for calling the I'm cops. Calling the cops. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. She, yeah, she might have thought I was the perpetrator. Yeah, we got some facial profiling yeah. going on. Well, you can't funny. blame her. I love it. I put the mask in my pocket. And you know, I would think I would deal with the, the 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 lips torn before we got into an argument on whether you're going to get coronavirus or not. I, mean, I just yeah. thought that that is interesting. That the first reaction, even now, after everything has happened, and where everything is. I mean, it's an emergency. That's what I'm saying. I mean, my it, wife is bleeding. I find that I find that interesting that that's still a first response from people. It's just crazy to me. I found it fascinating. It is. I mean, it just shows you how much this thing got under people's skin. To that's where we're going to go. Of course, as you boys know, it is a. Jace was right. It is a rare scene. To have me pull up to a hospital, so <laughs> it's. It, I don't know that it, the times they are changing is all. Well, good say. job in this case. I think that was the right call, and you did the right thing. That's right. Let's take a break. So I mentioned this earlier uh, about our Black Rifle coffee, uh, how much it's, uh, it was needed today. But we we really enjoy it on our uh, podcast set. And one of the things we love about the company is it's a veteran owned company. Uh, the founder is a guy named uh, Evan Hafer, who's spent seven years on the ground overseas with the U.S. Special Forces and the CIA. So this guy has seen some stuff. And I guess when you're in a foxhole, Dad, it's just like, a, a, you know, it's a, a camaraderie like it is in a duck blind. And good coffee makes a big difference. And, of course, we know Dad's talked about that. That goes all the way back to the well, Western. Whether you're right? in a physical battle or a spiritual battle, you your weapons are important. And so is the coffee. Exactly. So yeah. these guys, uh, it's high-quality coffee beans from all over the world. Uh, they roast five days a week. They have facilities in Manchester, Tennessee, and Salt Lake City. And I met a woman that actually works at the one in Manchester, and she says it's a great company. So we love to support these guys, and they make great coffee. You can go to blackriflecoffee.com slash fill and use the code fill at checkout. You get 20% off your first purchase uh, and you also can get 20% off the coffee club, which is what we do. And we get our coffee comes in every month. So fuel your summer with America's coffee, blackriflecoffee.com slash fill. Use the code fill, save 20%. Yeah. So you never, you're never quite sure exactly what's going to happen. I guess that's what I told dad said, you know, you go to sleep, dad been asleep a couple hours. You never quite sure well, number one, well, I, yeah, am I going to wake up? Because, you yep. know, you could just go on home to be with the Lord or what's going to wake you up. I mean, that is an, an interesting, you know, way to look at it, which is you got to be ready, I guess. 
to go yeah. at, at a moment's notice. Well, hats off to Lisa and Phyllis and Dad. And Mom, by the way, I know you, if you're concerned about her, she is doing better. She's going to see a plastic surgeon about doing a little work there to try to fix things up, you know, get things back. But she'll she'll have some scars, some some memories of yep. what happened. So, But like in our family, because then you're like, how do you guys laugh about it? But, you know. She is a dog lover from way she back. She is. And I, it was funny that she was worried about, she said, the boys are going to put Bobo down. But, I mean, I don't blame the dog. It's just an accident the way it happened. Like you said, you know, some dogs do turn malicious, and so yeah, you, you know. Yeah. You have well, to once deal I heard the story, I, I wasn't sure how did how this happened. Right, I wasn't either. I thought if the dog has gone crazy or has rabies or whatever, but, we might need to take care of that. Well, mom's but, problem is now she's got to take antibiotics, you know, just to make sure she doesn't get an infection. But then she can't really take antibiotics, so everything with mom is like a process of like you know having yep, to work yeah. through through the thing. So it is what it is. So I was in uh, I was in Tennessee, Jace. I was. Um, Lisa and I spoke at a church up there in um, Linary Church up in uh, in uh, Crossville, Tennessee. And it was interesting because we were driving up there, and, of course, the traffic was terrible. We were delayed, and we were supposed to get in about, you know, 930. Why not get there like at 11? But so when I put it, I plugged in this stupid GPS on the phone. But when you're in a rural area, the, you don't get cell coverage. So the thing keeps going out. You know, and I'm driving around in the middle of the night trying to figure out where I'm going. I got this, you know, device supposed to be helping me, but it's, it goes out, it comes back. So it goes out and comes back. Well, it winds up taking me to a town called Cookville, Tennessee, instead of Crossville, Tennessee. That's what cheap. So, so I, so I get there at the hotel, and I was like, "Well, here's the hotel." But I look on the thing, I said, "Well, this says we're in Cookville. I, I thought we were going to Crossville. This is it's ten thirty at night." And I go in, I'm like. Is it, where where are we? <laughs> where am I? Oh, it's always bad when you walk into an establishment and you say, "Where am I?" Especially when you're in the wrong town. <laughs> and so yeah. I was like, I said, "Well, where is Crossville? How far was Crossville?" Well, luckily it was only thirty minutes away. So she said, "You get out here on the interstate," and I was like, "This phone is like taking me to the wrong place." So I get in, and so then I got there, and I was like, "So I, I got me an old fashioned atlas." You know, from like 2016. Remember the big road atlas? Yeah, road atlas. I can understand. Bought like a hundred of them. Yeah, but computers. Well, I, look, I the would problem with the computers is uh, they'll lie to you. <laughs> well, it lied to me a lot, and I was already late. I was tired. I mean, this trip was supposed to take eight hours. It took twelve hours. So I got out the road atlas to come home. And I said, I'm mapping me out a strategy. I'm writing down a piece of paper, and I'm not turning that phone on the whole time. I went, Dad. And you know what? I got home. I never missed a turn. I knew exactly where I was going. So dad may be on to something with this anti-technology. It's, it's, it's called wising up without a computer. Because <laughs> the computer did me so wrong. You can't just go from point A to point B, GPS, and depending on that. You got to at least research where you're going. You got to do it. You got to do I, it. I do it every time. Right. But I mean, that's just in my DNA. Well, you get used to What happens is you fly someplace and people pick you up and you just get lazy. You just get to where you're dependent on everybody to get you where you got to go. Too dependent. You're too I mean, dependent. I, the only time I've been lost like that is when we do go on vacation or family trip. You know, they say you're not lost if you don't care where you're going or when you get there. So on that, I'm like, I don't have to be there. So I'm like, oh, it's whatever mishap is fine. But, you know, Missy doesn't think the same way. But I'm like, this is all part of the experience. But if I got to be somewhere, 
No, I'm not going to trust that GPS. <laughs> the Apostle Paul said, rely on God in all matters, and you'll, you'll be all right. Exactly. Once you start relying on your fellow man, <laughs> especially in the traveling arena, yeah. So there was a so dad there was a guy there and uh, he came up to me. We were selling books and he came up to me in the book line and he said, um, "So I, I got a story for you about." He said many years ago, he picked you. He and some other guys picked you up in Nashville at the airport, and you were speaking in Crossville, Tennessee, the same place I was. Really? Yeah. And it was like a two day thing you were doing. This must have been back in the like some kind of beast feast or you know some yeah. kind of festival or something. And uh, he said they picked you up, and uh, he said it was just you, which surprised me. But you know, he said uh, we picked him up. And we said, "Can can we help? Can we get your bags, Mister Robertson?" And you said, "Oh no, we're good. I'm good." And they were like, "Well, you know, we're going to be here a couple of days." And he said, "And he said you pull, you reached out and you had a side pocket on your pants. You pulled out a a bag." And he said there looked like there was a toothbrush in there and a pair of underwear and something else. And that was it. You said, and you held the bag up and said, I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> and you stuck it back in your pocket. And I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds like that. I mean, travel, you know? travel light, travel fast. <laughs> <laughs> so you had actually been to this town that I was in, but people came from all over. There was a, a a gal that listens to our podcast. This church was really, you know, they kind of used it as an outreach, and so there were a lot of visitors that came, a lot of local visitors, and it was a packed house. But there was a a, a young lady that came, and she listens to the podcast, so I know she'll hear this. I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, but she uh, she she drove like two and a half hours hmm. uh, just to meet Lisa and I because she she told me how much the podcast had really helped her, and that's what I kept hearing over and over from the people that were there. The podcast has really helped me. It's, it's given me the Bible. One guy told me, he said, you know, I've, I've spent all my life listening to people talk about the Bible and I've never understood it. And he said, but I started listening to you guys. And for the first time ever, it seemed to make sense yeah. is the way they put it. So I don't know. It made me think Jay's that I guess there's a, I don't know what, how people are approaching their, their teaching and their preaching out there, but it doesn't seem to be, practical enough for people to be getting it in certain you know formats so i, I don't know what to every make of that hear, every time i hear something like that i think about that my basic fundamentals in my speeches and wherever i go in bible studies i think that john five where jesus having the discussion or disagreement with the pharisees and he's like you study these scriptures thinking that by them you'll possess eternal life but you refuse to acknowledge that these scriptures are about me. And I think that's the biggest problem. This is viewed like, from an educational standpoint, like a college course. People think, well, let me get all this right. If I can understand everything right, then I'm good. And there's a detachment to the author of the Bible, God Almighty, through Jesus, and a detachment from their everyday life. So it's like you have one hour a week, most people, where you you try to get it right from a belief standpoint from the scripture you're studying. And it's a detachment from, from your everyday life. So maybe I think when people hear us talk, because this is viewed as a relationship that's seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 
with the ups and downs of trying. Theology to, is not always helpful. To no. com, common sense. <clears throat> common yeah. sense carry you a long way in studying the Bible. Well, it's even you think about all these people who are Pharisee-like in our day who criticize whatever it may be, our podcast or a speaker or a preacher or that, you know, the show we the had. Chosen. The, uh, yeah, yeah, the chosen. They, oh, I don't agree with this. <clears throat> and that's where it's, it's coming from that mentality. Because you think, well, every preacher you've ever heard, let's say the guy you like, the same person who may be criticized and the chosen or whatever, do you think they got it right 100% of the time? <laughs> Impossible. Right, impossible. It's You're never – so if you have that mindset, you're always going to be able to find the bones among the fish. Right. So if that's your deal, you're never going to be satisfied or experience, I think – what you should be experiencing, which is a dependent on God's grace and a focus on Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to, to control your attitude. Uh, let's take another break. So we've been talking about all of mom's various ailments and tragedies. She has a lot of stuff. I don't know if we've gotten her started yet on Omega XL dad, but we better do that. Cause uh, we found out it helps us with our inflammation. Uh, mom certainly uh, is in need of that. But uh, we love these guys at Omega XL because they, 35 years of research has created a product that really helps with pain relief and, and which comes from inflammation. That's what this thing does. It neutralizes it. So if uh, you're suffering with aches and pains, stiffness, which I get a lot now from driving. So, I mean, Omega is really helpful to me and I know it's helpful to dad as well. So here's how you get started. You go to OmegaXL.com slash fill and you buy a bottle you get the second bottle for free just because you're a listener of our podcast which is pretty awesome omegaxl.com slash fill or you can give them a call at 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 and work on your inflammation yeah you know i had a really interesting talk there's after yesterday the last one of the last conversations i had was a, a young guy named alan um ironically. And, um, he was struggling with that cause he was, he's, he's in a church that's, you know, sort of legalistic and, you know, he just, he's, he's wrestling with it and he hears us talk about the Bible and he really, you know, brings it to life for him. And in our conversation, I came to a realization it could just in talking to him, I said, you know, I think what's happened with a lot of churches, unfortunately, is they've, and a lot of groups is they've elevated the church above Jesus. And so when you do that, what happens is, as you said a minute ago, Jay's, then it all becomes about that, that hour and a half, everything becomes about that when we're gathered, because it's always about the church. Therefore, how we do things, criticisms, blah, blah, blah. And you get so tangled up in that whole process about the church itself that you kind of forget why Jesus established his church on the earth and you miss Jesus for yeah. all the trappings of just the, the either the assembly or whatever. And so it really, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever would have seen that when I was inside, when I was, you know, when you're every day, you're trying to make, you know, work, help people. You know, I was so in the weeds of it, but mm -hmm. now that I'm kind of a little bit more on the outside and doing what we're doing here, 
because all we're doing is pointing people to Jesus yeah. through, through the Bible. And it's not really that that hour and a half is not that crucial of a deal. I mean, it is. I'm glad we do it, but I'm saying it's I not went, bigger than Jesus. <clears throat> it was a great event yesterday because Jace's daughter, Mia, uh, requested to be baptized, so she wanted to be baptized. So we went up there, and uh, I baptized her. And some little young buck come running up, and he said, he said, why did you say you were baptized her in the name of Jesus? And she was going to receive God's spirit. Because so, we all say we baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Mm. And I said, well, I said, you got your Bible on you? I said, <laughs> I said read Colossians Did he have 2. his Bible on it? He didn't have it on yeah. him. Well, I got it. Hey, he, I said, you, Phil, you, you, you attacked an unarmed man. Oh, no. uh, Colossians 2.9, I said, remember this. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, lives in bodily form, and you've been given fullness in Christ, who's the head over every power and authority. I said, trust me, if you baptize them in his name, it'll work. I said, remember when they, when Peter preached the first gospel sermon there in Acts 2? He said, yeah. I said, did you notice that Peter said when they asked him, what do we do? I said, well, you just saw what we did 2,000 years later. I said, Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus so that your sins will be forgiven and God will give you the gift of the Spirit. He said, that is what he said, ain't it? I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, look, I said, if I had said I'm baptized in the name of the Father, Son, the Spirit, that would have been fine. Yeah. I said, well, that's the I said trust me, yeah. dude, either one yeah. I'm going to work. You're good. He said, you really helped me out on that. I said, well, I'm just telling you, read through all the verses. I said, yeah. See, then my line from Tombstone would have worked. You, you should have said, well, you should have armed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if if y'all haven't seen that movie, you completely messed where I was going. But he's like, you shot an unarmed man. He's, you think, what's he going to say? Well, he should have armed himself. <laughs> but uh, Phil brings it was up a, a camp, good point. Right? Y'all were at a camp setting, right? Is that We were. Yeah, there was 150 teenagers. And look, uh, you know, my daughter was was because a lot a lot of people said, "Well, y'all, would y'all baptize her again?" Well, she was baptized when she was young. She was in junior high. She told me that. She and said, I, "I really, I did the same. I thing. didn't get it. I wasn't convinced. I did the same. But thing. you know what? When when because I baptized her then, yep. and I felt like she wasn't getting it. Then, yeah, I was like, "You're you're you're innocent." But yep. you know, she insisted. So I had a caveat. I said, "Look, I'll baptize you because it's not." It's about you and Jesus understanding his grace. It's hard to understand his grace when you don't have sins. Right. I said, I, but we're going to do this with a caveat. At one, some point in your life, I, mean, I want you to be sure of your salvation, but if you ever get to a point, you say, you know what? I was really too young to understand. I said, if you feel you need to do that, I don't see a problem with that whatsoever. I don't and see a problem so with your advice either. She called me, you know, from camp, and I, she's like, Brought up that conversation. Yep. And uh, I said, hey, you work it out. Go ahead. Look, I've told you everything I can I can tell you, so you, this needs to be between you and God, so whatever gotcha. plan. And so she basically talked to uh, John Luke and Phil, which I thought, that'll work, <laughs> and, uh, and, and her cousin, uh, Zach's daughter. So I was like, 
is good. I, I felt I felt good it's about it. It's almost like it's a, a a coming to awareness on our own That's outside right. of you and Missy, and and that happens because I think about that Romans seven passage. You know that you know when the when the commandment springs to life. At some point, you just have a realization. I was the same way. Like Romans seven. Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, it, it it's a difficult situation. You do have the Acts 19 where you had people were baptized. It was a completely different situation right. where they different were context. they were baptized before Jesus. And so then they ran up on a group after Jesus, and they're like, they said, have you, did y'all have the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Because so, they, they, they had had John's baptism. Well, but they did baptize him again. And really, when you're thinking about it, Jesus is what the point is. Right. That's correct. And you're surrendered to him. So these people that form groups based on that difference, because, Phil, you said that without thinking. That's yeah, fine. You know, I think of that Colossians 2 where it says, in Christ, all the deity lives in bodily form. So when you say in Jesus' name, you can't have Jesus without the Holy Spirit. They're, God. they're, they're a package they're deal. One. They're one. And, uh, but, but other people will, I, I've seen, I've been to places where they baptize somebody, and then they're like, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And then whatever else they can think of that somebody <laughs> said that you need to say. Well, after a while, it's like, what are we doing here? Is this I don't know ritual? if I've ever told this story on the podcast before, but I remember I was 18. I, I was a brand new Christian myself. She had just said in the swimming pool where we went that Jesus is Lord. Right. Well, that 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 pretty much covers I like the passion in which she said it, too. I really I, did. I did, too. I mean, because she's not a real... You know, loud, outspoken part, but I thought I was impressed with I, her confession. I, I, I was too. I thought, you know, look, I, I want to say this story. Uh, Kellett preached yesterday because I'd preached the week before, right. so I was, I guess, coming to make sure he didn't screw that up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But and so he mentioned what I shared because he was in the next phrase going into Romans six, but he told an interesting story about himself and. He said, you know, when he was young in the faith, he had uh, legalistic tendencies, as he said it. And because yeah. Romans 5 is really about this grace being bigger than you being able to keep the law or your lack thereof in the opposite. God's grace is bigger, <clears throat> which led to the question in Romans 6, what shall we say? Shall we sin so that grace may increase? Hang on, let's take a breath. So, but he told this story about he, the first time he baptized somebody. It's a pretty funny story. He's like, he didn't know if he, what to say. And he felt like he did. He said it was a train wreck about what, what he said. But he, and he was awkwardly trying to baptize the guy. Well, the guy pulled, had a fear of water, which I've had one of those experiences. Oh, so the guy, uh, grabs the side of the baptistry, the guy he's baptizing. And so he comes up out of the water, but everybody's standing around looking, thinking uh -oh. about that hand. <laughs> when you bury somebody, <laughs> and he, I was thinking, is surely he gonna be, not. Is he going to be missing an arm in the great yeah, resurrection? Surely, surely <laughs> not. And, and Mike said, you know, in that moment, I was nervous, and I thought, Take him down again. We got to go back in. <laughs> <laughs>
And I thought, how 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 sad is this <laughs> that we're thinking like this? Because it is about the over words, and it's or... about the surrender. And I don't think in God's grace, if you get everything said properly, or even in this case, it was about the heart. Well, anyway. yeah, then that's and we're we're a long way from you surrendering to Jesus when you're thinking this guy had two fingers yeah. out of the water. Yeah. He's having said that, if the guy said, I don't feel comfortable when you bury somebody, you ought to, if he wanted to do it again, I would still use the same grace on both sides. But Mike says, I've heard that story. And he said, when he's holding the guy down, like there was somebody on the outside of the glass and they were trying to peel his fingers off the glass. <laughs> so Mike could take him all the way down. And this poor guy's I mean, all thrashing. Of a sudden, this is turning into somebody falling <laughs> off the side of a mountain and you're peeling his fingers off because you want to do him harm. What and, they forget is it's an act of faith. Yeah. <clears throat> it's an act of faith that, that brought you there. So your faith saves you. Yeah, you don't want to make it about the ritual. So so when I was yeah. 18, we were on the river. We were all at a little small church that you and mom and some others had kind of started out here close at, here in Luna. And so I was, you know, I shared with the guys the first time I had, I was so on fire, you know, cause I was a brand new Christian. I was 18 and Lisa and I were going about to get married and, you know, I baptized the guy and, you know, it was exciting. I was like, man, yeah, I'm fired up. You know, I'm, I'm part of this thing. And as we're walking up, one of the guys who's a, who was a great guy, I loved him. He's, he's dead now. His name was Sammy. Sammy come and put his arm. He said, I'm so proud of you. You did so good. He said, but now you didn't say for the forgiveness of sins. <laughs> and I just remember in the moment, I mean, I'm 18, I'm brand new Christian. And I, and I thought, Oh no, I screwed it up. Like, you know, yeah. I, but because I didn't say the right words and he was just, that was the way he thought. And he would, he didn't mean anything malicious by it, but it just looking back on it years at the time, I felt ter terrible. But what a terrible thing to do to a young guy. But that's what I'm saying. It was awful. I was so on which, fire. Which you should have, you know, which is why we should all arm ourselves. And like, look, one of the, one of the things that came out yesterday, cause, cause he preached on Romans six, but he made a comment about Romans 5 and this battle of rule-oriented, law-based Christianity versus God's grace. Right. And he, he said, he said, you know, the Bible repeated itself in Romans 5, 9 and 10, where it says, since we've now been justified by his blood, and he made everybody say these next three words, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him. And then verse 11, I mean, verse 10, it says, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. And then he, we, he made everybody say it again. How much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Well, then he went on to Romans six, but I, I kept reading and look, when the Bible repeats itself, I take notice because I'm too. like, so look, <clears throat> Well, I don't know if he wasn't aware or he missed this in his notes, but in chapter five and verse 15, look, it says the gift is not like the trespass for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more there's that phrase again, yeah. how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ overflow to many. So let, look, then you go to 17. For by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man. How much more hmm. 
Will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace? Well, then he gets down to 20 and it says the law was added so that the trespass might increase where sin increased grace and increase. And here's that all the more. And I thought to myself, he was trying to make a point here. He was. And, and I think when you, you, my, here's my point, even you bringing up the initial thing that we're talking about, about what's appealing Maybe it's not about us and the podcast. It's about that we're highlighting God's grace in Jesus way more than any kind of ritualistic law-based Christianity. I mean, yep. to me, that is yep. the difference. And you say, well, what? give me your scriptures to prove it. I just, how much more? Um, he said it. Five times, and in every case, he was saying, how much greater is God's grace than try, for you trying to keep some system and getting it all, all right? Yep. And for some reason, we don't apply that to little things, like when somebody doesn't say what we think are the right things. And yep. you got to allow for God's grace and God's freedom in pointing people to Jesus. And so if you say, well, how specific do I have to be on all that? Not very, because I'll screw it up. Yeah. And it's not about, I've said this so many times now, it's it's never about the baptizer. That's right. It's about the baptized E. Yep. It's about the person who has committed themselves to life change. It's just a well, I mean, technically, that. it's about the <laughs> person that you're baptized for. Exactly. I mean, Even more. Ultimately, going right. back to God. Right. Exactly. You know? right. But it's not, we've made it, far too ritualistic in its nature uh, of what it, what it was designed to do. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's a culmination of a person's, you know, heart. You have to look at it through God's grace. And look, you've all seen guys that get up and or been to churches where it's like the, they have these same sayings, you know, we want to yeah. do things in decent and order and, you know, pray for the preacher to have a ready recollection of it. And, and it seems like it's a, some kind of seance that's done on a weekly basis that's so detached from real life. And it really is. Yeah. And I think Jesus addressed that when he's like, don't be like the Pharisees who stand on the corner and like to hear themselves talk. Right. Well, (laughs) and uh, let's take our last break. Uh, I think the, what we did this weekend is a classic example. So we go in First thing Lisa and I did was we just, you know, we told our story because it was a marriage thing we did on Saturday. And I could tell people were shocked that people would be so transparent about mistakes. and about, That's what I kept hearing from people. And, uh, and it, it shouldn't be surprising that people realize by their, the, it's, it's the Revelation 12, you know, the testimony of your life, what Jesus did to save you is powerful. And I, and I told them, I said, look, a lot of people in Christianity, they, they're stingy with the victories of God. I mean, that's, you, you impact people by being real. And that's what, yeah. that's what people, when they see that and they know that there's an authenticity, then they'll, they'll listen to you. They're, they're like, okay, these, uh, these people what's, have something to say. What, what's weird in our world. I mean, this, this, this occurred, I was watching the U S open the last day of it. And they ruined it for me. <laughs> it's like an hour before it ended. I, I told you the last time I watched the golf was the PGA. And the last words were, 
Phil Mickelson defeated Father Time. <laughs> I'm like, you like our principles <laughs> so much that you use them in these dramatic moments. And and even though it's not possible based on yeah. the belief system that you have, we have people in the church who won't even embrace right. these these aspects. That that's what's so weird. And same thing happened when I'm watching the U.S. Open. <clears throat> they because they're playing at uh, where was that? It was in San uh, Diego. Toy Pines. Yeah. yeah. Where t- the last time it was played there, Tiger Woods on a broken leg. It was beat, on, on wounded knee. Yeah, beat old, beat old Rocco. <clears throat> so they did a tribute to that because they're trying to create drama for for the end. So they do. And I mean, look, I because I, I, I remember watching that. Oh, I was, got into it. It, it was, was incredible. Spe- the man played 90 holes. They show him limping. <laughs> and he won on the 91st hole after an 18-hole playoff. And, and, and so you couldn't just leave it at that. I mean, it was awesome, great. He was hurt. He's the best golfer ever lived. Okay, you could have said that. But then these last words, he made the impossible happen. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I lie. That's your closing line? It wasn't impossible. It wasn't impossible. He did it. You liar. I start hollering at the TV. Missy comes in. What are you doing? I was like, they just lied in the spirit of drama. And it's ruined this golf match for me. Now, you couldn't even enjoy it from that point forward. No. I've never heard a man get nut fired up about golf. It wasn't about it wasn't golf, even about Phil. golf. I'm saying it was about a pre-package she got upset about. I'm like, you want to know what's impossible? Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It was impossible for Jesus is for Jesus to stay dead. Acts chapter two. These are the kind of real impossibilities that actually God pulled off. That's right. And don't try to steal that <laughs> from the Bible just to put a little ribbon on your story at the end when all I want to do is see who wins the U.S. Open. That's funny. Was that a Jim Nance moment? Was that who was doing? Well, it was the was a different. Uh, I don't know. I didn't a get different, to watch anything. This what do you call them? Affiliation. Oh, okay. it, they're Jim Nance. Oh, a different network. That yeah. Jim Nance CBS. This was NBC. Okay. But their Jim Nance guy is the one who said it. Oh yeah. I That's... was like, nope. <laughs> and, and look, here's why and I'm you know saying that. that. It's okay to be a legalist if you're criticizing the world. So I'm being the legalist. Now that's somebody, because that's wrong. That was not impossible. You know what's up, Jay? He, he practiced that all week to get ready for that big package, the pre-package just moment. made me want to just <laughs> holler. But I did watch it. I was pulling for Oak because it got down. It was the U.S. Open, and it got down to two guys who are not from the U.S., which made it exciting. You had John Rahm, who is from Spain, and he, the last time he played, had a six-stroke lead the day on Saturday. Saturday. So with one day to go. And he just finished the round. So Speaking of putting a mask in your pocket. And they test, and he tests positive for the coronavirus. So they're like, you would think they'd say, okay, you got a six-shot lead, wear a mask tomorrow. wear a mask tomorrow. And you can win this tournament. They said, no, you're out. DQ. Yeah, so he he gets no money. Just no, whoa. 
Yeah. So look, so that's about as low as you can go because when he can went off the oh, course, he just high. buried his head in his hands. Another example of rule keeping. It's a bunker. <laughs> yeah. It's a bummer. <laughs> and so yesterday he wins the U.S. Open. Yeah, I thought that's the same thing. And when they asked him, "What do you attribute it to?" He said, "You know what? That was his lower moment from a golfing career, and I thought I got two choices: I can be bitter about it, or I can use it as as karma to." overcome yeah and he's like he so said, he won it he, he won, won it i like the passion I that he had but i was know, pulling I was, I was pulling for east Hazen. right because he's kind of hard luck I, he's been there so many times he was what was this guy's name that won it john rom john rom you gotta say it like that john, john rom he's a big guy he's a spaniard and he's real passionate and, and so that's good or bad he's either well that's i've, I've kind of not liked him over the course of his career because he's had some meltdowns and yeah. kind of a hothead. But when that whole thing happened to him, I'm like you and I, I did, I missed the whole thing. But when I saw he won it last night, when I got home, I was like, I felt really good yeah. about it. Cause I thought, well, that, I was going to tell you why I'm pulling for uh Louis Eustace. And then this is, this will be fun for you. He's I'm, a I'm, South Africa. He's from South Africa. He won. He won. He's a little bitty guy too. It, yeah. I actually uh, played with him on a couple of holes till I realized I was in the wrong group. <laughs> In a pro-am? Was he playing through? (laughs) I completely screwed up. Look, look, he hit his tee shot. I'm like, hey, let's go. Let's play some golf. We're playing in a pro-am. He hit the tee shot, and I thought, where'd he go? I I, I literally, it just left my visual peripheral. Hey, Jace, them dudes is pros. Hey, he turned around, and he went right down the middle. (laughs) I was like, oh boy. So when I found got to my ball, I was right in the edge of the rough and I got every ounce of it, all I had. I looked up there in the middle of the fairway and he was about 50 yards ahead of me in the middle of the fairway. I was like, how did I not see that ball? But anyway, that's why I'm not rooting. Uh, I was rooting for him. But he's finished second like five or six times yeah, after he won he won the British Open like 10, he won, 10 he, years ago. He won a Masters too. No, wrong. No, he's no. only won one. He's won the Masters. Did he win the Masters? He won the Masters. You're positive? I'm positive. Louis Eustace? Yep. Look it, look it up. You, you'll find I'm right yet again. You, you, you might be right. So here's what I was going to say, though. This is funny. Uh, so the reason I like him is because he had finished second so many times after he won the British Open that he did. And people were like, oh, it's hard luck, you know. And he had just finished second in some tournament. And so he does a video, and it's that song, I'll Rise Up, I'll Rise Up. And he's like, uh, what do you call it when you're pantomiming? Yeah. And the thing went by, I watched it. Because everybody's like, boy, I bet he's broken up, finished that, because the media again is like, oh, he just can't finish. He would be the greatest, but he keeps finishing second. Pocketed $1.2 million, but he just can't finish. Almost. Almost. That's it. So he does a He's vi- not doing the yeah. impossible. So he does a video, and he's Panama, and he's like, and it's like they got the song, this this woman, which I love that song. Yeah. I'll rise up, yeah. rise from the pain. And I, I mean, and I thought, what, what a guy to do that after finishing second. Uh, there was something about that that I really liked. Josh corrected. He was a runner-up in the Masters, so you were right. Thank you, Josh, for appreciate that. 
That's that was I think that's why he did the video because yeah. he finished second and he was like, "I'll rise up." So now I'm I'm wondering if he'll do another pantomime after finishing second. But yesterday that would be good if he did. Yeah, that was yeah. hard. I mean, I was kind of glad, like you said, because of what happened to to Rom, which is really good. Right. I'm not sure how we got off into that. I don't know, but, uh, but we're out of time now, so we'll try to do better next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.